Welcome to the Thundercast, your martial athletics podcast produced by the fans, for the fans, with your hosts, the Herd Nerds, Russ Livingood and KD Hudnall. We're bringing you the thundering word on the thundering herd each and every week, so keep it right here. The Thundercast is on the loose. Thanks for downloading another episode of the Thundercast brought to you by 304carwreck.com. Another busy, busy week in herd athletics. Uh, But before we can get into all of that, and I mean a lot of it, uh, follow us on Twitter at Thundercast underscore pod and like us on Facebook as well. And while you're at it, go ahead and hit that profile link for the Thundercast and uh, hit the additional link for the Spotify page so you can take a moment to subscribe to the show. And if you would, please uh, share it with all your herd fans, uh, herd fan friends, so we can get the word out about this thing, because we love doing this show. We want to reach as many people as we can all across the country. Uh, Herd fans are freaking everywhere. Uh, I should know. Russ gets to reside in good old Huntington WV, and I'm way down here just outside of Tampa. So we're everywhere. Um, But Russ, busy, busy week, like I said, in, in herd athletics. Excuse me, I got choked there for a second. <laughs> this one's starting off great. Already getting yeah. choked before we get going. Um, we had the green and white game. We had tailgating. We had uh, base, big baseball series, big softball series. Track and field was uh, going. A lot of everything. Recruiting news out of women's basketball, out of football. We'll touch on all that uh, after a quick word from our sponsors, 304carwreck.com. If you've been injured in a car wreck, visit 304carwreck.com on the web or on Facebook. What happens when an Ohio driver crashes into a West Virginia driver in Kentucky? That can be a mess. But if you can dream it up, Jason and Matt have probably been there, done that, and gotten their clients paid. Don't fight the insurance companies alone. Contact Jason and Matt at 304carwreck.com. Russ? Let's start Yo. things off with those five things everything needs every herd fan needs to know this week. All right, five things just like we do every week. Number 1, Vinny Curry announced to be in the Marshall Athletics Hall of Fame. Very um, deserving, man. Very, very, very cool. Very deserving. I saw I was watching the videos, you know, heard football's mm-hmm. Twitter account put the, had video clips up of the Celebrity Bowlathon and that's when that the announcement happened, and you could tell he didn't know that was coming. I mean, oh no, he did not. No, he was one hundred percent caught off guard by that. And the the moment, the realization that that was like actually being said to him, yeah. and he was like, what? "What?" You know, you could tell that that um, that meant something to him. It wasn't just a you know like all oh, great another you know honor appreciate it type thing. No, it, now, it carries you, weight with him. You have to expect that. I mean, I, I know he's a, a humble dude and all that stuff, but I mean, you know, you have to expect he's going in at some point, but no matter what, when you get that call or when you get that announcement, it's going to take you by surprise. And you could just see that in that video, man, the excitement, the joy, yeah. uh, how proud he was. It was great, man. It couldn't be a better ambassador for the herd right now man he's done so much he's a great guy he's always coming to things you know it's um if he doesn't rank for you up there amongst 
the I mean, the ambassador is a great word, you know, mm-hmm. and and I'm not going to take anything away from a guy like Chad Pennington because the things that Chad Pennington has done for Marshall University and continues to do for Marshall University are in rarefied air. But if Vinnie yeah. Curry for that Conference USA generation of fans doesn't begin to rank up there with the um, Chad Pennington's of the world for the one double A and Mac era fan. I don't know that you're paying close enough attention because Vinnie Curry is one of those dudes that comes along. Like it's, it's just, they're, they're like one more than one in a million. It's like one in a Mm -hmm. billion, you know? Yeah. And uh, we're so lucky to have him. We're so lucky that he continues to come back. We're so lucky that he truly like loves Marshall. It's not just like, yeah, that's where I went to school and, and yada. No, man, he like loves the herd and, and they give that love to him, and he gives it right back. I mean, yeah. I'm sure it was really cool for him to to uh, get back and go through the Vinnie Curry locker room that was, you know, uh, carries his obviously carries his namesake, the football locker room. But uh, really, really cool moment for Vinny. I'm really happy for him. He's such a deserving dude. Um, every time he's in Huntington, it's just uh, fans really love it. He takes a moment to sign every autograph, take every picture, shake every hand. He's uh, at tailgates. He, you know, he does everything. He's he, awesome, dude. We have a bunch of mutual friends. And I mean, like, not just that they tweet him every now and then. I mean, like, they're good personal friends uh, of his. And uh, he enjoys coming back here. He has such a love for the university. I mean, it's it's crazy. You know, love to see it. Let's touch on something real quick on this that is related. This isn't one of the five things, but it goes along with it. The When he goes into the, the Hall of Fame, it will no longer be called the Chad Pennington Hall of Fame. That's right. Because you mentioned everything that Chad has done. Chad said, hey, look, I was honored that this was named after me when it you know came out years ago and everything, but it deserves to not have my name and just have, you know, Marshall athletics, Yeah, uh, just a more general thing. What a great guy he is too, obviously. Yeah. You can't have enough of those type of guys around your athletic department. The problem is there's just not that many guys around that are like that. Right. So sure. to have one is great to have two is great, but I mean, how many, you know, to, to be able to, to walk in as a still current recently re-signed NFL player, going to go play for the mm-hmm. New York Jets this year, um, to be able to walk into the building and have your players, your active Marshall players, look at a guy and go, he's in the league. That's yeah. where I want to be. And he mm-hmm. was here. You know, yeah. he, he played on that same field I'm playing on. He lifted some of those same weights that I'm lifting. He ran those same sprints and, you know, walked the same campus that I'm walking. He's where I want to be. And oh, by the way, he's just as approachable as hell. Oh, yeah. um, I hope that resonates with some of these current players. And if they reach their goals, even if they don't become NFL players, I hope they still carry that super strong love for Marshall that mm-hmm. stays with you forever, forever. Mm-hmm. So excellent way to kick off the show. Excellent first five things. All right. Number two, Maya Stevenson is now one off the all-time uh, home run record here at Marshall she had her 57th and I think she hit two the game before that so I mean you know anytime she could pop off tie and pass the record any game you know she's a threat yeah uh that's a pretty prestigious record for women's softball 
True. Obviously, I mean, anytime you're the all-timer at anything, but home runs has got to be one you're like, yeah, I'd like to have my name, you know, top of that list. Uh, like I said, she's one shy of current Emmy record holder, Rachel Folden, who if uh, you folks don't know, you know, Rachel Folden, she's actually like a hitting coach in the minor leagues for the Chicago Cubs. So yeah, she knows a thing or two about hitting a ball. Uh, mm-hmm. And for Maya Stevenson to be right there nipping at the heels to take that record, uh, pretty cool stuff. Also, uh, you know, we, we were hoping – we'll get into that later on around the herd. Uh, the offense ran a little bit dry here and in the third game of the series or else we might have seen that happen. But, hey, now the opportunity comes to maybe get it at home. At home. This mm-hmm. coming weekend uh, in the weekend series, provided she doesn't hit one during the midweek game. <laughs> yeah. Which, like I said, she's a threat anytime. <laughs> anytime. So, <you> know. <laughs> All right, number three, football picks up uh, portal transfers, Jace Bobo and Cedrice Palant. And uh, you've got their stats and everything, but we'll talk real quick. Bobo's a linebacker, came from northern Colorado, and uh, Palant came from Rutgers, offensive line, huge dude. Well, six foot four, three ten, first of all, Mm -hmm. the measurables are there. That's what you like to see. Has playing experience, has played some ball for Rutgers, um, so you got that Big Ten experience coming at coming down here to Huntington to play for the herd, and I kind of I'm going to go back. Offensive line was a very very um, highly ranked position group of concern for me heading into this season, just because of all the great offensive linemen that we lost. It wasn't so much about uh, the cupboard being quote unquote bare, but having to replace guys like Alex Millet, Will Ulmer, Seguero, you know, like. So to be able to add a little depth, I mean, I don't know that either of these guys will come in and start, but, you know, at the very least you're adding depth. And if, oh, yeah. they, if they do take them by storm and they're like, all right, he wasn't here for the spring session, no big deal. But if they come in, either one of these guys or both of these guys come in in the summer session and just freaking dominate, hey, that's super bonus right there, you know? Here's what I like about it too. It's April. It's at the end of April. And we're still taking transfer portals. We are still trying to get better. You know, uh, we're not being complacent. We're adding that depth. We talked about instant impact and and how the portal has changed that. And we are still bringing in guys that can fill out this roster and add depth. So yeah, I love it. I think there's all you can't stop recruiting. I mean, mm-hmm. you can credit Doc Holiday for that too. That's just a mindset that coaches nowadays have to have. But that was here under Doc Holiday. You always got to be recruiting. Always. You can't take days off if you're trying to compete, you know, especially at the G5 where nobody wants to give you any credit for doing anything. Um, you have to continually be out there grinding. And uh, now we're going to be playing in what many consider. And, yeah, we're a little biased, but uh, there are also a lot of people that aren't Sunbelt biased to be the best G5 conference in, uh, in the country as far as football goes and even more so the best division potentially in the best conference of the G5. So you definitely got to be, um, got to be recruiting excellent pickups. Um, I'm glad to see they're taking no days off with this. Oh yeah. And uh, just real quick, cause we didn't list it. Uh, Bobo is six one. Is it two twenty one? Yeah. Six one two twenty one. So uh, right Good there, size. right there yeah. in that, in that uh, kind of textbook ish type mold you like for a linebacker. I don't know how he moves, 
you know, as mm -hmm. far as overall speed or quickness or agility. But hey, if, if he's going to find a spot on the field for the herd, you better be able to move because Marshall's returning a bunch of talented mm -hmm. linebackers. So it's going to yeah. be hard to bust into that. I won't call it a too deep, but we'll, you know, we'll say that top five ish linebackers. It's a lot of talent there returning. So um, yeah. Bobo must have the goods. Number four, Petza Ivanovich leaves herd soccer. He was an assistant and he has been recruited to become the head coach at Barry University, which is, uh, I think they had some very recent success at soccer. Uh, not a no name. It's in the lower levels, not division one, but, um, this is what happens when you have a program. All of the assistants are, they're lit up, man. People want them. You know, you want, you want that coaching tree. You want to start taking some of those leaves off there, if you would, to try to, you know, give them a chance to build their own program. Of so. course. Uh, but the, the double-edged sword with that is that you also become a very, very attractive landing spot to re for a potential hire. You know, you've mm -hmm. got the Excellent pedigree point. now. You've got the star above the shield, which mm -hmm. is which is something not a lot of – I should say the star above the crest. Not a lot of uh, teams have that. So, you know, you've got a national championship caliber program and one that plays at an immensely high level. And uh, I think Chris Grassy is a guy that coaches across the country want to come and work for because they know, oh, yeah. hey, if I can come in and do a good job there or if they think I've got the goods enough to come and coach at Marshall, then – that could potentially get me to where I want to be. And, and, mm -hmm. you know, just about every coach who's worth his salt in any sport wants to run his own program. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's the double-edged sword that, yeah, you're going to lose some guys, but you're really, you know, you don't have to go find that diamond in the rough all the time because you're a prestigious program yourself. You can go cherry pick some other high profile assistants or head coaches from lower level schools that want to come and be a part of your program. So uh, best of luck. You know, I don't I don't have any ill will against any of our guys that depart for a better opportunity. Hell, I'd do the same thing if it meant, you know, progressing my career or what was better for my family or whatever the case may be. But um, maybe we'll get them back at some point, you know. Sure. Yeah, that's uh, that's always something down the line. Who knows? He uh, gets some head coaching experience. He may, you know, uh, relieve Grassy here, you know, later, you know. Yeah. Um, they did give him a great shout out. And apparently he, you know, meant a whole lot to the – they seem like such a tight knit family and group yeah. and, you know, so they really, before we get off of soccer, one thing we've got to mention that just popped into my head is that there were some recent rule changes by the NCAA. They've oh, eliminated yeah, the overtime. Yeah. They they've eliminated. eliminated the, uh, what do they call it? The golden kick or something like that? Golden no, goal, the golden, golden goal. goal. Yeah. They've eliminated yeah. the golden goal, which means like the truly last meaningful golden goal was Jamil Roberts national championship winning goal for the herd. I mean, that's the truly last uber meaningful golden goal. So, yeah. All right. Number five in the five things you need to know, you should wear sunscreen when you're out in the sun tailgate. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Uh, you guys need to know it. Don't know who needs to know that, but you, <laughs> if you're listening, you need to know that. Uh, I'm wearing my Joey Votto Reds shirt and if you see me from behind, you probably couldn't tell where the shirt ended on my neck. You know, it's uh, <laughs> Russ was not in mid season form for the tailgating. So he, it, but no, I, I even, I put sunscreen on, man. I mean, that's just how blazing hot it was out there, you know, and you're out there for hours and all that. 
And, uh, you know, I, I saw people that got it so much worse than me. I'm kind of playing up how bad mine was. Yeah. I got a, I got a little bit. Cause I, I mean, I did, I sunscreened up, but there were some people out there, man, that didn't look like they put anything on. <laughs> Can't underestimate the sun, know. man. <laughs> yeah. You gotta be it's undefeated. Mid, you gotta be in <laughs> mid season form when you're going to come out and tailgate because, Man, I mean, it can get away from you quick, and that's not just from the sun. Now there yeah. are there are other yeah. facets of tailgating where it can get away from you pretty quick if you're not sure. uh, properly prepared. Yeah, <laughs> rookies, rookies. <laughs> so along with that, um, yeah. that's an excellent segue into the big main event of the weekend, mm-hmm. which is the green and white game. Uh, we'll go around the herd here in a little bit, but it's the green and white game. That's what everybody cares about. We had a three-ish, four-part series of spring ball. Um, culminating with the green and white game. So everybody got to have live action play in front of a crowd, in front of not secret. You know, everybody got to see who brought what to the table. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, I wasn't there. I'm stuck down here just outside Tampa, Florida. There was no way for me to watch it live. Uh, I was reduced to following Twitter timelines and uh, watching, you know, news recaps throughout the weekend. But um, I saw a lot of stuff that I liked. We'll get into that here in a minute, but you were there, so I you was. might you might as well tell us about uh, how it went. You know, uh, first off, we should say that the 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 day started with the um, turning on of the memorial fountain, right, yes. and and the fountain ceremony. So, and I um, did not get to go to that. I was uh, helping coach T ball for my six year old, but um, that is just one of the things that so many look forward to every year. It's a big deal. It is a big you know, deal. I mean, it's huge. a, it's a fresh start. That's why it's, it's in spring. It's, it's mm-hmm. a fresh start. It's another year for the herd. It's, it's, it's regeneration, rejuvenation, rebirth. Let's do it. Let's line them up and, and play again. Uh, but that's, that's the best way, you know, nobody else does that. Right. I mean, that's, that's our thing. And that's how we yeah. kick off our year. So, uh, it's great to have water running through the Memorial student center fountain. Again, um, there's nothing quite like that, um, relaxing sound of the water uh, coming out of the fountain, but now it's time for football season. It's time for tailgating. It's time for, uh, watching the herd run through the smoke out on the field. It's time for thunderstruck. It's time for all that good stuff. And we're going to, you know, get into all that in the coming weeks and months, but it's here. Like 20, the Sunbelt era for me has now officially launched. July 1st, be damned. When the when right. the water shot through the fountain for the first time on Saturday, the Sunbelt era started. So yeah. uh, you were there tailgating. Talk about the environment. Talk about the crowd. Talk about, you know, the the what went well and what maybe didn't go so well. Well, so I've I read some other comments on social media or message boards and stuff where some people didn't like that the game was in the indoor practice facility. I like that. I didn't personally go into the IPF because we took a, uh, a dual camping chair and went and sat on the, the turf for it. But I enjoyed what they did because they had uh, beer vendors, they had tents down there, they had uh, random setups of uh, um, uh, trash cans and stuff like that. The, uh, they had right on the field, they had uh, people in the stands and in on the field. And I thought, and even commented to some people that they probably wouldn't let anybody in the stands. And the reason they'd have them on the field is because 
that turf's coming up. Yeah. Who cares, you know, if things get spilled, but that would prevent them from having to clean the, the seating and everything. But people sat in the stands, some got a little bit of shade, you know, there. Yeah. Um, the, I didn't go in the IPF, but seeing some of the, the photos and videos from people that were in there on, on social media, uh, it looked like a great atmosphere in there to have it in there. And I think doing it ahead of time, it was announced ahead of time. You don't have to worry then if, of a rain out. You've already got it scheduled. So I liked what they did. I liked that they had inflatables and, and food trucks and things like that. They were inside the stadium there were inflatables so you know you saw kids doing it uh basketball players uh obina uh I, all i got to do is say hi to him as he walked past me but i saw him over playing with some kids and stuff like that because they had a hoop set up and sure. there were all these different things and you saw all these other athletes from other teams that were there just having fun and interacting with the fans and the kids i love that atmosphere you can't have that if you're having the game on the, on the stadium now on, on the turf in the stadium, um, this was obviously a one-off because you're not going to do that to brand new turf. I don't feel like next year. Right. But this was a thing that they, in my opinion said, Hey, you know, why don't we do this? Here's an opportunity for it. So I enjoyed it, man. I, it, I loved it. But it does feel like you could do that maybe on a slightly smaller scale right there in the East lot. You know, you could still have oh, yeah, all, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And if they want to continue to do it indoors, well, whatever, that's, that's fine. But I just um, meant directly having people sitting in chairs on the stadium turf. Yes, you don't I, want to do that no. with a brand new turf. No, no, I, I agree. But I'm saying like, if you still want to have the food trucks and keep it in a relatively small footprint, then the east, the east lot's the, the place to go. East to lot's that. perfect for that. Yeah, for you sure. Know. Now you talk about other athletes from other sports being out there and, you know, that's a, that's a several fold thing, right? You're there a, to support another uh, Marshall team, right? So you're, you know, athletes supporting athletes, you're out mm -hmm. there to, to see the fans a little bit. And, you know, you're, I mean, that you're the people that these kids especially want to see. Yeah. Um, how cool is it for some teeny weeny little kid to look up and see like a six, eight dude standing there, yeah. and, you know, you're like, wow, that's, I mean, you look like a real life giant to, to a little kid. So, so, so yeah, they're, they're supporting, like you said, and they're also making connections with fans and little fans absolutely. for their own brand, you know, the sport that they play. Absolutely. So I love to see it, man. Yeah. They, you know, Marshall uses that hashtag herd family and that's really what we try to do as, as Marshall University Athletics, I feel like I think they do a really good job of doing that is making sure that, you know, the majority, if not all of their coaches are accessible in appropriate times and settings and their players are really approachable uh, in a lot of, a lot of settings, uh, you know, outside of, you know, when they're playing their own game, when they have actual business to attend to, but if you see those guys out, I mean, of course, they're, they're approachable. They'll, they'll talk to you and sign autographs and take photos. And, and that's what it's all about for kids, man. You know, And some adults, too. I mean, hey, I, sure. I love meeting our players. I love talking to our coaches. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. You know? uh, but the herd family thing, it's not just a hashtag. You know, uh, it's, it's something that Marshall is 
really putting together not just an effort, but it's something they want to continue to do. It's not like they have to manufacture that atmosphere. It's there. Mm-hmm. So they yeah. want to, you know, cradle it and, and, and help it grow and get stronger and better. And, you know, we're going to move into this new Sunbelt conference. And there are some fan bases there that um, are just as tight knit, if not even more so in some aspects than Marshall is. So we're going to need all of that. And uh, that's, that's part of what we're doing here is trying to, get our fans to come even closer together to galvanize a little bit um, tighter and, and look at our athletic department as a whole, instead of just being like, well, I'm a Marshall football fan. I, I don't really care about anything else. No, man, you just gotta, if the Kelly green and whites play and you gotta, you know, how, how much effort does it take to hit the retweet button? You know, none, you know, right. how much effort does it take to keep track of the go to the herd zone, website and go well, let me see how the baseball team did oh no doubt they swept western kentucky that's awesome and you know i mean it, it's nothing flashy or different than uh than the website but herd zone has an app now put it yeah. right on your put it right on your desktop I, I guess it's still called a desktop even though it's on your phone but you know what i'm saying you got a little app you can click to go right there and and everything just a, a mobile version of that desktop yeah, I don't know how many people actually know that, but yeah, you can put it right on your home screen and mm-hmm. any time of the day, anytime you're like, I wonder how the herd's doing. All you got to do is open yep. it up and check the scores. That's they, it. They've got the schedule there. You Everything. can go to each individual team, the link to the big green, which, you know, hopefully we can throw in a plug. Hey, uh, join, <laughs> join the, the freaking green. big green. <laughs> five bucks a month, man. <laughs> five bucks a month. You can go to Skeffington's during prom season and get a lot of that back with their 10% <laughs> off or whatever true. it is, you know, that's true. Uh, but join no, but, the big green. But the, you talk about the app and the, you know, one of the things is like, you know, you may be sitting around going, man, we ain't got crap to do this weekend. Mm-hmm. I'm like we nothing. I'm going to be bored. What are we going to do? And you open the app and go, Oh crap. Softball team's going to be at the at the uh, dot all weekend. Yeah, let's we'll walk over. Let's drive over. Yeah. Oh, they're still undefeated at home? Hell, I had yeah. no clue. I'll go watch a might, really good Might get to see team. Maya Stevenson set a record. Might get to see a record broken. I'll, maybe yeah. I want to be there for that. Yes, Marshall's trying to make it really, really easy to be an involved fan, but yeah. they can't make you be involved. <laughs> you have yeah. to want to do it. So um, we're trying to do that too. We're trying to we bring are. you all the news and get you familiarized with the teams and how they're doing and all that good stuff. So, uh, but let's talk about the green and white. Well, no, you haven't even talked about tailgating in the crowd. I want to talk about tailgating. You know, Russ Living Good yes. wants to talk about tailgating. Yes. Um, the lot was not full, which I would not be expecting for a spring game. Sure. You know, uh, there's youth league things going on. A lot of people are out of town. They're not going to be coming in like they would for a regular football. All that stuff factors in. But there was a good crowd, and there was a lot of people walking from tailgate to tailgate. Um, Brad Smith was walking around. He stopped at the tailgate, and I talked to him for a minute. He had his brother there. Uh, Christian Spears and John Sutherland were walking around, and they stopped, and they actually uh, – made a right turn or a 90 degree, you know, right before they got to mine because they were stopped talking to some other fans and everything. Then they had to go in the stadium. Um, a lot of different people out and about, um, as you know, Chuck McGill stopped by and we, we talked football sir, and sports sir, for a that's, while. That's Chuck chill. Chuck chill. Yeah. <laughs> with, with your auto correct. The auto correct. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, it was great, man. Uh, some of our friends, you and I, uh, Dana and Mary, uh, Garrett and Emily Preston, uh, 
all, all kinds of people, you know, coming over there, friends of mine, Matt McCormick, uh, a bunch of people just hanging out. Corey Dennison brought his kids by. Oh, it's good um, seeing Corey, man. I love that guy. Great to see Corey, former herd, herd player, good friend of ours. Um, but it was great just to be out in the open air talking martial sports and getting that feel in April of tailgating. You know, yeah. you know how much I love it. Uh, I, just a, a real quick deal. Uh, part of the thing that I offered at the tailgate was miniature versions of on sliders, Shulo's hot Sicilian from my days at, you know, owning the kitchen at the union pub and grill. And uh, you know, it was just great to no man, you're going to want to put some of that Italian dressing on there. Trust me. You know what I mean? Yeah, All the yeah. talking and everything. And that's what I enjoy, you know, making food and talk. And I have to tell you, man, I've got a friend that brought two of his kids to the game and he had talked to his eight-year-old Levi about, you know, we're going to stop at this uh, uh, tailgate and they have a podcast and he listens with his dad, you know, and, and everything. The kid was looking forward to it and that made me look forward to it. Right. You know, his dad was texting me. He's like, Hey, where are you going to be? You know? And I told him and all that and they find me and everything. And Levi asked if, uh, you know, we were going to be doing the stuff on the podcast and, you know, we had thrown around that we might do this, we might do that. And I said, no, nah, we're not doing this, but, can I interview you about this? And I did, man. And, uh, you know, we've got that file and we're going to play it, but, but, uh, this is Levi Haynes, uh, eight year old, um, came here, his dad bringing him to the game, making a lifelong fan of martial sports. That's what it's all about. But let's, um, let's go here to this interview that I did a uh, short little interview with Levi. Heck yeah. Hit play. All right, I'm here with Levi, an eight-year-old, and he's going to tell us what uh, he's looking forward to today and what he hopes to see. I'm going to see Charles, um, the football players, and the inflatables, and uh, going on the field today. Oh, wow. So uh, is this your first green and white game, or have you been here before? Uh, it's my first green and white game. Awesome. Good weather, huh? Yes. And your dad's great for bringing you down here. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope you have fun. You too. And thanks for uh, thanks for uh, participating for our podcast. Thank you. Right. Can I get a go herd? Go herd. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, he was so excited. And, you know, he, he went from our tailgate and went over to another uh, where I was you know, talking to somebody else, they drifted over there too. And I uh, went over to play uh, cornhole and then, you know, they hit up the inflatables and all that. It was just great to see kids having a good time. So, but it, that's enough. I could talk for eight hours, as you know, about <laughs> tailgating. Let's move on. Yeah. The last thing I want to say about tailgating is that, you know, I have been, we've been communicating with a lot of people through the social media, through the Twitter verse. Yeah. Right. And uh, I want to make it known that, uh, Russ will have a tailgate spot at every home game yeah. and in the um, East lot in the East lot, which is between the IPF, the Chris Klein center and the stadium, right? It's mm -hmm. that little strip of parking spaces there. So uh, really close to the stadium. You don't have to walk halfway across town just to come see Russ and tailgate. It's like right outside where the students enter. Yeah. Um, you, you can't really miss it. Pretty much you. right behind the Wendy's sign. Yeah. Um, you know, so a few, 
look up in the air and see the windy sign, go over there to the east lot and you'll run right into us. But what I'm getting at is that they will always be there and anyone should never be shy about walking over and just saying hi or, you know, talking ball for a minute or whatever, you know, uh, sure. it's, it's, we're welcoming. Uh, Russ has always been welcoming at tailgates and, and just in life in general. So if you find yourself in Huntington at a herd game and uh, you want a friendly spot just to stand and chill for a little while, or maybe the whole pregame, um, stop by and find the Thundercasts slash Russ Living Goods tailgate <laughs> spot because it'll be wide open and and there will be plenty to eat, drink, and relax and chill and have a few laughs and have a good time and talk herd ball. Yeah. So let's talk about the game. Uh, we, Absolutely. There, it, I tweeted uh, after the conclusion that the score might have been small, but there were a ton of big-time plays that were made, a lot of plays and players that uh, undoubtedly put smiles on the faces of some of these herd fans. So mm-hmm. some questions I don't I can't definitive definitively say that questions were answered, but I think some concerns were mitigated for some people about certain guys and how they might yeah. look because we've just never seen them before. So um, right out of the gate, black team gets the victory 13 to the white team's six. Uh, Coach Huff says the victorious team eats steak, losing team eats hot dogs and beans. And I'm like, dude, that's yeah. not a loser's meal. I love hot dogs yeah. and beans. What yeah. is this? <laughs> I had hot dogs at the tailgate. Custard stand for the win, by the way. Uh, but a lot of a uh, lot of sharp throws being made. Uh, one Pete Zamora looked really, really good. And uh, you know, Coach Huff kind of tongue in cheek said uh, that had the comment that said he looks like his uniform hangs off him like a curtain. Yeah which yeah. I got a chuckle out of, but that just tells you that I keep bringing up the point of how important it is that these guys get a year in a collegiate strength program and get their meals mm-hmm. right and get all that done and the impact that that can have from year one to year two. And if the dude can already sling it like he was slinging it on Saturday, but he fills out and he gets his body um, better developed for the collegiate game, he could be a real, real weapon for the herd. But in, in just limited game, actually, he looked great. Let me tell you what I saw. Yeah. And this was the benefit of being there to see, you know, not just the plays that made the highlight and everything. Footwork, number one, was exemplary. I mean, things that you would think that you would be seeing from an upperclassman that's been in a program for, you know, like side shifting and everything like that. I'm not talking about turning on the wheels and running because they were not allowed to do that. Correct. Yes. Uh, You know, uh, Huff even said in one of his uh, sound bites, you know, um, Fancher, you know, kind of had that part of his game taken away from him, you know, yeah. because he has that threat of being able to to run and break it. But I'm talking more about shifting around when guys are coming at him and everything and, you know, looking one way and then needing to throw to the other side of the field and things. His footwork was on point. He threw a lot of really good balls into tight traffic. A couple of them you've probably seen on, yeah. uh, you know, to, to Robinson. Um, but I mean, that stood out immediately. Of this defense was horrible. I'm, I mean, to face not not that they were a bad defense, but going up against these guys would be horrible for a seasoned quarterback. And he was a true freshman, and he was thrown into double coverage at a ball that only the wide receiver could catch. Uh, if that makes sense to people out there that, 
that didn't have the benefit to see this play. Yeah. It was thrown into double coverage, but it was not a bad throw. It was only thrown to where the wide receiver and, you know, no points off for him. Robinson went up and got it, you know, and that's why we brought him in. Right. Instant impact. Yeah. Um, But that's what I saw from Zamora. Uh, A lot of confidence, which we expected. We talked about that. Uh, The arm is there. The footwork's there. The size and the experience are not there. Yeah. And that's not a negative. That's something that's a no brainer. I mean, kids, you know, graduated high school early so he could even be here. You know what I'm saying? So uh, still a young kid and needs to be in that weight room and that year of growth that, that we talked about. But to me, he, he looked a little bit better than Fancher and not that Fancher looked bad. Right. Yeah. I mean, right, right out of the gate, he hits Gamage on a big play to open up the spring game. And, yeah. uh, you know, the word on the street is that uh, that lit the crowd up, you know, because like, yeah. oh, OK, we're going downfield from play one. Uh, yeah. But here's what this tells me, even though the question isn't answered, obviously, because you haven't even thrown Henry Columbia, Columbia. into the mix yet. Yeah. Um, at the very least, I think you can say the herd has a number two. Right. Because Fancher yeah. looked good. Zamora looked good. Yeah. So no matter who comes out of that three-man mix, Colombian Fancher and, and uh, Zamora, if that's the three, well, one of them's going to be number two. So sure. you, you'd like to think even if Columbia's not in the mix, he's played a lot of football. If he comes out of it number two, the herd's still got a good number two. So yeah. any way you slice it, Marshall's got a, a, a quality QB2 from the surface right now. Yeah, injuries could happen at any time. Anytime. You know, anything could happen, so – uh, I, I think they're in a good spot. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Florida State wide receiver transfer Brian Robinson had a number of good catches. Uh, yeah. I think the athleticism may shine in this herd offense if what we saw in the spring game is any glimpse of what Marshall is going to look like. Now, granted, we didn't have Rasheen Ali. He didn't have to play. He didn't didn't need to play. There's no need to risk anything. We know what he brings yeah. to the table. If anybody – has to prove nothing on that team. It's Rasheen Ali. I think we know Agreed. exactly what he's capable of. So if this is what Marshall's going to look like, if they're going to be a balanced type offense or even a sling it down the field offense, Robinson as an instant impact wide receiver from this game looked the part. Looked the part. Yeah, I would agree with that. And uh, wide receiver is a, a group looked great. Gamage looked good. Yeah. Um, Stone uh Scarcelli the mayor. I mean, uh that uh and I, I've got to tell you, you know, not not the touchdown, but the uh the drag route of him coming across the field and he was gone, except for Jacoby Henderson. I mean, ran him down uh from way back. Uh dude had a motor, he had I don't quit, and yep. he pushed him out at the two yard line, I think it was. Um, but you know, Scarcelli uh, got the MVP. You know, uh, he had three very long uh, catches and uh, yards after the catch. Yeah, uh, and a touchdown. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Tarpley hit him in, in the end zone on a 79-yarder, I think. So, so it's uh, Jacoby Henderson. I've been talking about the guy for several weeks now. And sure. A lot of fans probably got to see him in action for the first time. Yeah. And if they're listening to this show, that's probably a name that they have, you know, been hearing, obviously. And to put two and two together with, and like, oh, okay, I'm telling you, this guy could be one of those 
uh, we didn't even we we basically just talked about transfers and in, in our right. instant impact player. This kid could be a real instant impact player from the uh, recruiting ranks. So yeah, this could be. I'm telling you, um, coach even Coach Huff talks about him continuously. Yeah. Um, to mention you mentioned Stone Scarcelli. <laughs> I mean, six year guy, the mayor, dude. Um, you know he. He's not a guy up to this point in his career that has been that uh, on the field all the time receiver. But when he does get into the game, he makes an impact. He's uh, made some crazy catches. Crazy catches. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Like, you talk about maximizing your opportunities. Yeah. Like, yeah, you put a highlight reel together. You know, the dude might have eight catches on the year, but five of those eight are um, unbelievable catches. Maybe or, we can give him a, a, a new nickname. I like the mayor and everything, but, you know, what What I think about him is the same as what they used to call Vinny Johnson with the Detroit Pistons. I don't know if you remember, they called oh, him course. the microwave because when he came in, he immediately heated things up. And <laughs> <laughs> so, I love you know, it. You know, Stone, if you're listening, uh, you know, maybe we start calling you the microwave. <laughs> the microwave. It's heating yeah. things up immediately. A yeah. couple of other guys I got to talk about, which one of my favorites, been one of my favorites for a number of years, had zero doubt that this guy was going to continue his trajectory of great play and continued development. He's just an animal, and he's a beast, and his motor never stops. And he's a local kid, which you know I love. And that's mm-hmm. defensive end Owen Porter, straight out Owen of Spring Porter. Valley High School. Love him. Double nickels. One of my favorites, man. Uh, he he I, tore I, it up the whole game. I tabbed him to have a huge year last year, and he did that. Um, and I'm expecting, like, a rec shop type of year this year. Not yeah. not one of those, uh, yeah, kind of impactful game. No, I'm expecting him to be, like, a real bully, game in and game out for the herd as we run through the Sun Belt in year one. Uh, but it was great to see him get to the quarterback. It was great to see him continue the 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 play that we saw from him to close out the season last year in the bowl game. I mean, he had a monster game against Louisiana. And if that's a litmus test of what you can expect against some belt teams, <laughs> I like the test because uh, he showed out and he showed that his motor still is operating at peak capacity. He's a red liner, Russ. He's a red. He's a he's a race car in the red. You know, <laughs> he's a race car in the red. And I'm just saying. You don't want to get a race car in the rig. Um, no, he he did great the whole game. Um, a guy that we talked about that is going to be right down the line from him came over from Kentucky, Isaiah Gibson. He was violent and disruptive. Love as, it. As heard his, I mean, Huff has uh, has said. Um, both of those guys, the defensive line, I'm, I'm trying not to beat up on the offensive line, but you've got some guys that are going to be starting here for the first time and, you know, trying to gel together. And that takes some time as yeah. we've talked, defense kind of has a leg up on, on that sort of thing. You just, you know, you react instead of being proactive. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. You're, you're being proactive on defense instead of reacting on, on offensive line. Um Defensive line looked very good, and yeah. Porter was part of that. Yeah. Isaiah Gibson was part of that. Quentin Williams, um, it's gonna 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 be a, a force, I think. Yeah, I do too. I mean, we need that. We need violent edge rushers. We need guys that can push offensive linemen out of the way in the middle of the field, so that the Eli Neals of the world and the uh, Bo Plans of the world can get to that second 
or get to that backfield before running backs can make it to the second level. I mean, these things are all complementary things that contribute to team success. And it's documented already this spring that, you know, Huff is Huff and, and his assistant coaches are very much trying different uh, form, formulas of offensive linemen to see what works best. And, you know, that just throws it right back to why you can't stop recruiting, why you bring in a six foot four, 310 pound Big Ten offensive lineman and try to figure out the formula, right? Uh, the last guy I want to talk about, I mean, you may have another one, but I saw one hell of a run by Kalen LeBourne. Oh, yeah. Very, um, bust right bust the up the middle, end. and he just gets he gets waylaid and takes the hit, and it just kind of sidesteps, the, you know, absorbs the blow and just takes off. Uh, very much a hard runner, very much a power runner. I love that. Very um, Ahmad Bradshaw-esque to where you yeah. can take the hit and keep on churning type thing. And I also uh, thought that his, uh, you know, his cutting, it was fluid. You know, yeah. when he was going through is a term that I would use uh, on, you know, there wasn't a start and a stop. It was like there was some cutting and hesitation, but he kept running full speed the whole time that he was doing that. Yeah, uh, that's going to be tough, you know, and we already know what Ali can do. That's right. But both of those there. I mean, you know, he can catch the ball out of the backfield. Yep. You know, he he's you can tell he he is that big body. Um, you know, the athlete that has been in a program for four or five years that has that athlete's body, he's he's going to be tough, man. Yeah, he's cut, he's cut from the right cloth for sure because you, you talk about that one-two punch, Ali and LeBorn. If they can get the right formula on the offensive line, man, oh, man. Uh, Marshall may never have to throw a pass. I mean, all, he takes <laughs> is, all it takes is four yards of carry, you know what I mean? You yeah. never You never – come off the field until you hit the end zone and oh by the way if those guys get dinged up or you know need a breath or whatever you still got Ethan Payne right there to oh yeah you know, put a put a few more bruises on this yeah. defense soften up a defensive line for these guys to come maybe, back in maybe he can come in and bring the pain oh there it is <laughs> oh my I'll be Lord. here all week hey That's... thanks I'll be here all week <laughs> uh, uh any last notes on the green and white game before we take it around the herd just want to say that also uh, the defensive backs, heck of a game. Uh, Isaiah Norman, really good game. Um, you know, we were talking about the wide receivers having a good game, but these defensive backs kept them out of the end zone until, you know, the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. And they were doing great, too. I think our defense, top to bottom, looks really strong. Good. You know, uh, you and I have talked a lot about the various defensive backs, but Norman stood out to me on a, on a few very big plays. Uh, and, you know, sometimes defensive backs stand out because they don't make plays. And why is that? You're not throwing at them, you know, because they've got their guy locked down, yeah. you know, or they're a threat to intercept it and take it to the house. So uh, they look good, man. Um Basically, it was an iron sharpens iron thing that we've been talking about a lot is, uh, you know, good players going up against good players. And uh, there were some really talented wide receivers on the field, and these defensive backs were keeping them out of the end zone. Yeah, that's that's great, man. I, I mentioned – I'm going to say it again. I don't think that there is going to be a wide receiver core that is going to go as deep as our guys go. So – 
that tells me that our defensive backs can play with anybody in this yeah. conference. Anybody. Nobody is going to go as deep as Marshall goes. I just don't feel it. Now, you know, I, I'm not going to say that I've deep dived into everybody's roster, but I just don't feel like they everybody's going to go six or seven deep like Marshall can go. I just don't yeah. feel like that's a thing. Well, and, you know, to recall back uh, one of the first uh, episodes, I talked about the concern on the wide receivers. You said you were not concerned at all. Mine was not that we weren't going to be able to field that many guys that have the talent. It yeah. was that they would, as a group, be consistent you know, to have the same guys, you know, like somebody doesn't disappear for a week or two or yeah. something like that. So that was my concern. But we've talked about all the plays that these guys were making and look pretty good. Yeah, it starts to make you maybe th rethink that thought process and go, well, maybe it doesn't matter if somebody disappears for a week because That's there's right. another guy to step right back up and be the mm -hmm. guy that week. Next man up. Yeah, yeah, that is a nightmare for a defensive coordinator. Like, who the yeah. hell am I going to guard this week? Well, yeah, all of them. Well, I can't guard all of them. <laughs> I don't. I don't have the 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 talent roster wide to guard everybody. Well, double, double coverage all the wide receivers. Yeah, just do that, right? You just <laughs> yeah. put one in the box, drop yeah. everybody back. Yeah, surely Ali and Laborn won't won't. Nah, they wouldn't run all over. Not, not at all. Um, yeah, excellent closing out to the spring session. A high-energy game, a lot of hooting and hollering. How about Coach Huff going full-on suit and tie yep. for the for the spring game? Whew. Um, I thought we might see, you know, you remember back when uh, Tom Harrion was a basketball coach, they had that thing. It was like, how long Harrion's will jacket. Harrion's jacket yeah. last? And I thought yeah. Huff will get uh, hot and, and sweaty, <laughs> and then that jacket will be gone. But yeah. – I don't know. As far as I know, he he stayed uh, in full suit the whole the whole time. Yeah, and from all accounts, from everyone that I heard that went in there, it was hotter in the indoor practice facility. A lot more humid. In I there imagine so. It, yeah, quite a bit uh, sweatier and smellier. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it is what it is. And after the game, of course, they had the all the players were available for autographs and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So that's cool. Uh, the only thing that I wish they would have done, in which I tweeted this, uh, was, geez, let the guys get the freaking shoulder pads off. I mean, they're baking in those things, yeah. and you, you're going to set them there in the sun to sign autographs. But, man, let them get at least into their T-shirt. Yeah. Uh, let's take it around the herd, man. A big, big weekend. Where do you want to start? Well, let's, uh, let's start with some really, really good news. Baseball okay. sweep, swept. Uh, WKU just finished up today with the third game. And uh, I know you had the Moonshine Throwdown yeah. podcast. So, you you know, there's that friendly rivalry with WKU. Um, it was good to go in there and sweep them. They, they've had some bad luck and bad runs here for a little while to, you know, play 50-50 ball or something. So to go in there and take a, a, a full set. I thought that was great. Uh, well, great. It, was, it was nice to survive a Saturday, honestly, because, you mm -hmm. know, Marshall had been playing great ball on Fridays and then losing these double headers or letting them, you know, letting them slip away. And um, they go on the road against, uh, you know, rival team and, and, and sweep. I mean, that's a big yeah. deal. Uh, I saw the Marshall baseball account tweeted out. It was their first road sweep since 2018 at Middle Tennessee. I mean, that's, that's a big deal. We're in 2020 yeah. freaking two here, you know. Um, so yeah, the guys are now, uh, 19, 21 and one edging closer to 500 ball, eight and 10 in conference. I mean, they're right 
there. We're running out of, of uh, series, though, before we get into Conference USA tournament time. So it would really be nice if they can, you know, just get the even. I mean, obviously you'd like to go over 500, but uh, yeah. if, they can, if they can get it back to even, then I, I think that would be a big morale booster for these guys uh, coming off of the heels of losing, what was it, like four straight Conference USA series losses. Yeah. You know, so – Little morale booster here to go in and get one on the road. Actually, get three on the road, sweep a series. It's a it's big time stuff. Um, yeah, you mentioned Western Kentucky, and you know, I, I, the the Conference USA era of the Moonshine Throwdown. We don't know what the future holds for that, but Western's been tallying all the final victories here. They got football, mm. they got basketball, you know, they got uh, volleyball, and we're going to talk about it here in a little bit. They, you know, they got softball. Uh, so it's nice for the herd to get one. They got they got the bragging rights at least for baseball for a little while. Yeah. Well, and that's uh, the second thing around the herd that we're going to talk about is softball also played at WKU. They started off really strong. Uh, first game very strong. Second game very strong. Lost it at the end. Yeah. Um, and it just carried over today. They they lost ten nothing today. Yeah. Um, those girls though, man. You can't take anything away from them. And, you know, they going all the way down there to WKU, we know playing on the road is tougher, you know. Um, but who knows what would have happened, what kind of momentum they might have been able if they could have held out on game two and uh, not lost it on the walk-off that they could have, you know, maybe, uh, maybe uh, swept like the baseball. But even at that, if you win game two, even if you have the same thing here, you're above WKU instead of being below WKU. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, yeah, softball goes two and two on the week, but the one that really matters is the uh, one and two against Western Kentucky because that series was for the first sole possession of first place in the Conference USA standing. So now uh, the toppers stand alone atop the Conference USA standings. And FAU, like we mentioned leading in, is, was nipping at the heels. I didn't look and see how their series this weekend ended up, but they were right on the heels in third place. So if they went in and swept whoever the heck they were playing, they might be just one game or so behind the herd uh, for second place. Now, that one uh, one loss to be going one and two instead of two and one, you know, you think, well, it's just one game, but that gives them the tiebreaker. Yeah. You know, they've got the tiebreaker. So, in effect, you're two games down, you know, because yeah. if you tie and come back, they're, they're still ahead of you. So, I'm not going to take anything away from Western Kentucky because they're a good softball team. They're every bit as good as Marshall is, obviously. They're number yeah. one for a reason. Um, but they came back from two huge deficits in that game, too, for yeah. a comeback. So, they came back, lost the lead again, and then won it on a walk-off home run. So that's that, you know, and then the offense just didn't show up, which is very, very uncharacteristic of this Marshall softball team. I mean, they are yeah. all in on some offense, but, uh, you know, it's a tough one. I mean, one you obviously want to have, even if you could just go two and one, you're, you're setting atop the standing, you're in, you're in the driver's seat, but it's okay. A little bit of extra work to do. Maybe that's one of those things that the girls go, all right, it's on now, like yeah. game, game freaking on, right? Yep. Um, one, one, and I think if anybody can do it, it's this team. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, we're going to, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and say it now. They're going to come, they got a, a midweek game against Radford, one game at Radford, and then they're back at the dot for a weekend series against UTEP where they are undefeated at home. So you're yeah. going to get a, you know, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday set at the dot, three more opportunities to see this 
softball team play in Huntington, and one of those could very well be a record-setting game for Maya Stevenson. Uh, first pitch times on Friday and Saturday at 1 o'clock, Sunday at noon. I want to backtrack to go to baseball real quick and mention that they also have a weekend series against Charlotte at the Kennedy Center. Um, 3 o'clock Friday, 1 o'clock, and then 1 o'clock Saturday and Sunday. So six more opportunities this weekend to see this herd baseball team and softball team get out and see the herd play. The seasons are coming to a close real soon. Conference yep. USA tournaments are going to be starting. Some all-timers are going to be playing their final games uh, in herd uniforms. Don't miss an opportunity to go, you know what? I can't believe I never went down and watched them play. Go watch them play. Go. How yeah. do you not go watch an undefeated team at home play a game? Where are we going next? Women's basketball. They signed uh, two, uh, I'll call them local, you know, Southern West Virginia uh, players. Uh, Olivia Ziolkowski, hope I'm saying that right, uh, out of Beckley, Woodrow Wilson, and Peyton Ilderton out of Logan. Marshall's had a lot of success recruiting uh, basketball players from Logan. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, up until recently, I mean, hell, I'm a West Virginia guy. I grew up in Kanawha County. Logan's not that far away. Uh, but I'll be honest with you, I never considered or even knew or even paid that much attention that Logan is as heavy of a basketball-centric, uh, talented area in West Virginia as it is. It's not like well, a so, new thing. So, you know, I played down there being, you know, from Gilbert. You know, yeah. we played uh, played them in a lot of summer leagues and even in Little League and stuff like that, junior high and, and all that. Um, it is. They, they take their basketball seriously. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they, they were good in a lot of different sports, but yeah, they're, they're a basketball school. They, they definitely are. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying like, it's, that's just something I never, I guess, never paid attention to, but until we got to, you know, until I got to Marshall, actually until I was done at Marshall and started in this type podcasting type thing. And, you know, and, um, like, man, there's a lot of guys that come from, um, Chapmanville and Logan yeah. and that that whole area that are like uber talented. So yeah, uh, but but the herd women's basketball has had some had some success recruiting the Logan area. So uh, Ms. Ilderton hopes she's the next great one to come out of Logan County and do some great things. And you love to see Coach Tony Kemper recruiting local talent, keeping local talent coming to the herd instead yeah. of you know potentially going up to damn Morgantown or something like that. I'd rather sure. see him winning in Kelly Green and white than I ever would in blue and gold. So um, big, big shout out to head coach, Tony Kemper for, uh, you know, trying to keep those local girls, the in-state girls coming to coming to Huntington and win some games, trying to do something special. Um, so hopefully one of these girls can, you know, take up, take help pick up the slack for the departed Savannah Wheeler, big time score led conference yeah. USA in scoring um, off the middle Tennessee. So, you know, a couple more pieces to the puzzle uh, as we enter the Sun Belt. Could be some some fun times ahead. All right, uh, men's golf. Just a quick note: uh, CSA championships start. Uh, if you're probably listening to this on Monday, probably. they start today, uh, April 25th through the 28th. Um, so follow along on that. We'd love to see them make a a good run. Um, women's golf. They actually just lost in the CUSA tourney. Uh, they finished 11th overall, and uh, as an individual, Stormy Randazzo, I love that name, by the way, Yeah, led cool. the herd. Uh, she was 14th overall. Yeah, senior uh, Stormy Randazzo. That is a cool name. 
So congratulations to her for uh, leading the way for the herd. 14th overall finish. Way better than I could even dream of doing. <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, I like riding the cart around. But yeah, I'm about. excellent at um, <laughs> drinking out of the cooler. <laughs> I, I love to look at the great landscaping. You know, <laughs> that's, that's about as good as I am. At golf. That's about how my yeah. And here I am in Florida, like the golf capital of the freaking <laughs> United States. Can't throw a rock without hitting ten golf courses, and uh, I, I, not my thing, man. Anyway. Uh, uh, also knocked out of a uh, conference tourney, uh, women's tennis. They lost to Charlotte. Uh, Liz Stefanchik, uh, I hope I'm saying that right again. Um, she had her only singles win, and then in doubles, we lost everything. Charlotte was ranked third, yeah. you know, coming in. We were ranked lower, so um, hate to see us lose, but, you know, got to lose sometime, otherwise you're the champ. And yeah. uh their season came to an end, but, um, you know, I'm trying to learn more about all these sports that we haven't been following as much. And now we are, you know, because we're doing this and we're hoping that the people that we're talking to are going to follow this as well. So, so if, if the folks, the powers that be maybe at a herd zone are listening and uh-huh. if I'm just an idiot and have missed it kindly, Forgive me. Well, I know but you're it, an idiot, but go ahead. <laughs> but it, but you know how uh, when you go to the football roster, there's a little thing you can click sometimes that'll tell you how the guys how will be pronouncing their, their name. name. Yeah, they're that would saying be, their own name. That would be so cool if we could do yeah. that for all of our athletes, or at least yeah. you know some of them. Because for me, a guy who's had his name spelled incorrectly his entire life, <laughs> yeah, entire life, it's yeah. it's a big deal to me. I want to get people's names pronounced correctly and Same spelled here. correctly you know it's that's just- why as you know i reached out to uh cedris uh, palant to make sure that we were going to say his name correctly yeah. tonight and uh you know that's that's big for me so if anyone hears you know you've heard a couple of episodes of me saying i hope that i'm pronouncing this correctly it's because i've never heard it i've only read it yeah. so feel free anybody here that i say their name wrong reach out and correct me on how to say it so that I am giving you your proper respect. Yeah, that's right. The DMS are always open. We want to get it right. But if Chuck chills listening, uh, if you can, <laughs> if you can help us get the, the athletes names pronounced uh, on the website. So when we go check them out, that'd be awesome. Uh, yeah. what's, what's the, Oh, uh, what's the last rap track team, w- right? Women's track. Yeah, I got that. Mm-hmm. I got that yep. on lot. Uh, six top six finishes at the uh, university of South Carolina invite this weekend. Um, I'll just run through the best finishes, those top six, six finishes. Rebecca Merritt had the best individual performance, fifth place finish in the hammer throw, uh, 55.3 meters, but fourth place in the discus, 46.13 meters. Marianne Adebayo finished sixth in the hammer throw as well, so her goes fifth, sixth there. Uh, Miss Adebayo's throw, 54.41 meters. Um, Ashanti Warner, a name that uh, we're becoming familiar with on this podcast after the dominating performance at the James Madison Invitational, finishes fifth in the 400-meter hurdles, 59.54 seconds. That seems to be like, I don't know that that's her signature uh, event, but she sure does seem to be placing highly in that event a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kylie Maston, fourth place finish in the 800 meters, two minutes, 12.91 seconds, and the 4x400-meter relay team, finishes sixth uh, with a time of three minutes, 49.06 seconds. 
your four by 400 meter relay team consisting of Marley Porter, Erica Murphy, Jillian King, and Mika. Ooh, I need to hear this was a tough one too. I hope it's Alan. Yeah. I don't know if that's a tough one to say. Yeah. Uh, Chuck chill. Help me out here, man. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, another good showing uh, team effort by the uh, ladies track team. Next meet will be the music city challenge in Nashville this coming Friday and Saturday. So best of luck to our runners and throwers and, um, give them hell heard. Jeez, Russ, did we breeze through that? We did. What the hell's left on the agenda? That was it, man. We, oh we went all the way around the herd. I mean, the only team and they're not playing right now. We talked about them a lot was herd men's basketball. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, we talked about them a lot last week. So, uh, we, we went through and got a big slate coming up next week too. Yeah. Uh, what, I mean, but what's left on the agenda for this episode? Is it just parting words and getting the heck parting out of words, here? Parting words, unless Dang. you got anything else to say, man. No? I mean, uh, I, I'll tell you that, uh, again, just to recap, I absolutely loved being able to get out. Uh, you know, we've had some challenges, uh, my family particularly, of not being able to get out and enjoy some of this stuff. And I was so elated that we had someone watching the three kids so we could go over and being outdoors, not have to worry about anything with the health and everything to just go over and tailgate and see a bunch of friends that hadn't been able to see as much and uh, acquaintances and meeting new people. And it was, it was great. So I enjoyed that. I'm glad I I would, I was jealous, you know, cause, uh, Florida's a lot of fun, but when uh, football season starts rolling around is when I really, really start missing Huntington a lot. Yeah. Um, the, it always, it, it's never gotten easier. You know, we've been going here, been here going on five years and I was really fortunate for two straight years. Marshall played in the Gasparilla bowl. So I yeah. drove 30 minutes down the road and got to watch the herd play. And that was like a not even a small victory. That was a huge victory for me. Like the second year in a row when they went, I felt like it was a personal favor for me. <laughs> I know it wasn't, but that's what it felt like, you know. And um, so seeing pictures of people visiting Huntington, being at the spring game, take you know, like the whole everything, it it uh, it starts to tug at me, and I, I really miss miss Huntington, uh, particularly during that time of year, but. As you know, I'm going to try to make uh, two trips back for games this year, and uh, it, it that that is like chicken soup for the soul for me. Uh, mm. getting, getting to see, like you said, some friends that you know I don't get to see very often, and and um, just see like seeing the sea of Kelly Green and the and the and the uh, electricity around you know, the stadium area and, and just everybody having a good time, the flags waving and, and the grills grilling and, and, you know, that's my language kids tossing football around and, you know, all that kind of, I love that man. And I really miss it. So jealous of all you guys that got to go out there Saturday, got to get your eyes uh, live of the product on the field this year. I'm really excited for the herd as they move into the sunbelt. I know we keep saying that, but man, it's just like a, it's a big deal. I mean, I don't know how many of our uh, listeners were, you know, around, I'm sure a lot of them were around and paid attention to herd athletics when we moved into the conference USA. And that was exciting, but this seems like a different type of excitement for me. It seems like uh, 
coming home again. And I don't know why. Uh, maybe it's because we're in a conference with Appalachian State again. Maybe it's because we're in a conference with Georgia Southern again. Maybe it's because the geographic footprint feels like it's um, like one big neighborhood. Oh, you know, yeah. If that, that makes that sense. That for me, you know, because we, we've talked a lot. I mean, not just – you know, everyone's focus is on the two big revenue producing sports and football is way bigger than basketball in this part of the country anyway. Yeah. Um, unless you're a blue blood basketball program, you're not bringing in the revenue that football is bringing in. Um, think about those other sports like we talked about ODU going to UTEP, you know, yeah. to, no, to, makes no sense. Go, to go that far and everyone's losing money and yeah. Uh, you know, what kind of rivalry is that? You know, there's not and, one. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just, I always kind of felt like we were snake bit in uh, Conference USA. And that may sound like an excuse or whatever, but I just honestly feel like we were. And, and it felt like it, it felt like it was a, a dead zone, like no growth, no, nothing coming in. Uh, leadership, I felt like dropped the ball on, you know, at uh, every turn. It yeah, seemed like I mean, every time there was an opportunity to get better. How many it. times did did everyone say, where is the herd playing yeah. on social media or TV or whatever this week? And yeah. you had, oh, well, if you turn your rabbit ears right to this certain thing and then dial in and pay this $79 package for this one game, you yeah. know, it's like all that stuff. And, you know, I, I just feel like the Sun Belt gets it. I'm looking forward to going there. Uh, you said it already about we're officially in the Sun Belt now. I mean, you saw the coin toss. Uh, yeah. Fleet. Yeah. The signage even said yeah. it had Sun yeah. Belt logos on it. Yeah. So it kind of feels official now. So. Yeah, it's 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 a running out the clock scenario to get to July first. It's all it's all over, but the signing of the papers, basically, you know. I think Judy thinks we might stay. Oh, thinks thinks we might change her mind. <laughs> Based on her decision making for the previous yeah. years, I think she probably does think she won. But it is, yeah. you know, it is what it is. But anyway, what I was getting at is, uh, it was great to see everybody out and about uh, through through social media, even just the pictures you were posting. Um, all that kind of stuff. I want to say thank you to everybody uh, throughout this week that has found the Thundercast Twitter account and decided to hit that follow button. Everybody that continues to download our episodes and listen. Everybody that is uh, helping us spread the word uh, of this show because uh, the fan is, is and always will be our number one priority when we do this show. It's about mm -hmm. keeping you informed. It's about getting you excited. It's about making you want to be a bigger part of the herd. It's about rekindling that flame within you that has, you know, is maybe not burning as strong as it once was for the herd, but now is a great time to get excited. I think I've said that line. It's a great time to get excited on every episode. And it is oh, yeah. because everything is new, no matter what your, you know, your feelings were because, well, you know, we've been in conference USA and it's no fun. Well, we're not there anymore. Get right. over it. Get over it. Yep. Get back on the big green truck and let's go for a ride. It's about to be real fun. So yep. you might as well get excited now. Why play wait and see? Why not just be happy now and just have a good time with us, Russ and I, you know, tweet with us, send us you know, whatever. I mean, I'm trying yeah. to post all these cool uh, former plays and, you know, get people interactive. And, so, and I know you guys love that stuff, but yeah. at the end of the day, it's about supporting the herd 
joining the big green, getting your ass out there and tailgating, going to games. And at halftime, go back inside the stadium, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but last thing I'm going to say is thanks again to 304carwreck.com for continuing to help us bring you the Thundercast each and every week. Um, So Russ, on that note, if you got nothing else, take us out of here. I got nothing else besides you saying uh, already go to 304carwreck.com on their Facebook or the website 304carwreck.com. Uh, love those guys. Um, glad they uh, they support us, and I hope that our people that are listening to this will go support them. Uh, other than that, let's go herd, and uh, we'll see you around the gym. On Twitter. Later.